Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Misery by Stephen King Adapted for radio by Dirk Maggs From the stage adaptation by Simon Moore With Nicholas Farrell as Paul and Miriam Margulies as Annie And thank you, Joan, a beautiful book and a gorgeous gown. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, but specifically ladies, the overall winner of the 26th Annual Romantic Fiction Awards, please welcome the author of Misery's Child, Paul Sheldon. Thank you, Thank you. I want to dedicate this, uh, this wonderful award to you ladies, and maybe a few of your husbands, if they're honest enough to admit that they read me too. <laughs> you know, it's become very fashionable to ridicule romantic fiction, but in this world of chaos and violence, I don't think we can have too much romance, do you? The question that everyone always asks writers is, where do you get all your ideas from? Everywhere I go, I get the same question. So, I'll tell you this. Ten years ago, halfway between my first divorce and my second divorce, <laughs> I was on a plane to Denver for a sales conference, and I was very depressed. There was a woman next to me reading a newspaper, and I was reading over her shoulder like you do. There was a piece about some airport strike in the Bahamas, and the headline was Misery in Paradise. And I became fixated by that headline, because I'd had an idea that wouldn't go away. And the idea was, what if misery was a person? I never went to the sales conference. I resigned from my job. I ran away to a little hotel in Colorado, and wrote all winter. And the result was the first misery novel. When I leave here today, I'm going to go to that same hotel, and I'm going to sit in the same room and write on that same hotel typewriter. And the day I finish, I'll smoke a single cigarette and drink a bottle of Dom Perignon, just as I've done every year. And you'll have a new Paul Shell. <laughs> So thank you, truly thank you, and I'll see you in the snow mountains. That was three months ago, and if Paul Sheldon is true to his word, he'll be cracking that bottle open. The bottle has been cracked, my man. The author is true to his word. The biographer where the snow never melts. Correction. Never stops falling. Time to re-establish contact with civilization. Darn it. Where did that go? Under the gas pedal.
gasp. Don't do that, Paul. If you get those legs of yours talking again, they won't shut up. I can't give you any more pills yet. I'm giving you too much as it is. I can't do anything. You remember who I am, don't you? Hmm? Yes, you do. I'm Annie Wilkes. I told you enough times. Easy now. How did I get here? By a miracle. No other word to describe it. I can't remember. There was a storm, but all the weathermen were saying it was going to go south. I was in Sidewinder, getting feed for the livestock, and then it hit and I had to get back. There's no one to feed the animals but me. Nearest people are the Roydmans, and they're miles away, and boy, they don't like me. No, they don't like me at all. Uh-oh. I got about five miles out and the snow started. I was just creeping along with my lights on and then I saw the skid marks. An hour later and the snow would have covered them up completely. I stopped and looked over the edge and... Then I saw your car, half buried down by the river. I heard groaning. That was you, Paul. I I don't remember any of this. When I pulled you out, I could see straight away that your legs just weren't right. They they weren't? No. You don't want to look. Oh. I knew I had to get you in the warm or you'd die. So... I dragged you up into the truck. Oh, you wait a ton. You're lucky I don't give up easy. And I, I drove home as fast as I dared. <laughs> I could smell the booze on your breath, Paul. Um, yes, I, I'd been drinking champagne uh, because I'd finished the book. I was so stupid. Stupid is the word, Paul. I was sure you were going to die. I mean, I was so sure... And then you screamed, and I felt better, because I knew you were going to live. So I gave you some strong pain medication, then you went to sleep. Water? Oh, please. Oh, fine. (laughs) Yeah, while you were out, I got your driver's license. And I saw the name, Paul Sheldon, and I thought... Oh, that must be a coincidence. But then I went into the hall and checked the picture on the back of Misery in France. And then I got scared. I got real scared. I had to sit down. I thought, I'm going to faint. I knew you were Paul Sheldon. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. The Paul Sheldon. I'm amazed you know who I am. That's a laugh. I'm your number one fan. Your number one fan. (laughs) Oh, that's what's so miraculous. Before I got the feed, I went to check out the paperbacks at Wilson's. Well, I was hoping Misery's Child would be out finally, but no such luck. Paul, I was actually thinking about you. (laughs) 
yeah, you had a fever for a while, but I knocked that out with some Catholics. Paul, you've been unconscious most of the last two weeks. You owe me your life. Two weeks? Well, shouldn't I, uh, shouldn't I be in the hospital? You're better than in the hospital because I'm a trained nurse. You won't get fine of care any place. Well, now it's it's time you rested. Well, my my legs really hurt. Sure they do. In a minute you can have some more medication. Yes, I I think I need some now. Any minute. Don't tire yourself by talking too much. Oh, uh, did you find a bag in the car? What kind of a bag? Oh. <laughs> you mean this? Yeah. Yeah, I was just fooling with you, you old silly. Ah, uh, no grabbing now. I took the liberty of looking inside. You don't mind, do you? Uh, no, no, of course not. I, I'm just relieved you have it. Yeah, I found something all tight, nice and neat, and I said to myself, oh, 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 oh what have we here? But on the cover, it says, Fast Cars. So it can't be a misery novel. Mm -hmm. No cars in the 19th century, fast or otherwise. Mm -hmm. I took the liberty of glancing through it. You don't mind, do you? Well, um, of course not. And if I read it, you wouldn't mind? Because I would never presume to do such a thing without your permission. I respect you too much. In fact, Paul, I love you. <sighs> your, your creativity, that, that's all I meant. Yeah, I know you're my number one fan. It, that's it exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't mind if I read it in the spirit of fan love. No. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, it's not a misery book. I hope you don't mind me saying that. <laughs> well, Annie, it's better than the misery books. Much better, matter of fact. I've been planning this for the last five years. I happen to think... Well, it's the best work I've ever done. That it must be truly great, Paul. Well, I, I don't know about that. Let's just say you may be looking at the winner of next year's American Book Award. You're good. <laughs> I, I knew you would be. Just reading your books, I knew you would be. I mean, a man who could think of misery chastain, mm. who could breathe life into someone like her. I just had to be good. Any. Did you find a cell phone in my car? I certainly did not. Those things are bad for you. Oh. Well. Um. I wonder mm. if you would make a call for me. My agent is, is going to be very worried. Sure. But the phone lines are down at the moment because of the snow. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Time for your pills. Two every six hours on the hour. Now, on the hour, not before, not five minutes to the hour, but on the hour. Right here. Open wide. Yeah, I, I can't put them in my own mouth. Anyone would think I never wash my hands, mister. Besides, a little fingernail dirt never hurt anybody. <laughs> Is this a farm? I heard animals. Not really. 
half a dozen laying hens, two cows. Oh, and misery. <laughs> you won't think I'm very nice calling a sow after the brave, beautiful woman you created. <laughs> but I meant no disrespect. She's very friendly. Some soup. <coughs> Open wide. <coughs> Easy does it. Annie? Mm -hmm. Did you? forget my medication. It was due two hours ago. Soup first. Open up. Mm. Mm. You haven't mentioned the book. Have you read any of it? About 40 pages. I don't think it's as good as the others. It's hard to follow. It keeps jumping about in time. Well, it's just a technique. It shows Tony's confused state of mind. Does it? Here. What else? Well, Paul, it's the profanity. Every other word is that F word. It has it, it has no nobility. Well, Tony's a ghetto kid from the Spanish Harlem. Everyone uses those words. They do not. What do you think I say when I go to the feed store in town? What do you think I say? Now, Andy, give me a bag of that F and pig feed and a bag of that bitchly cow corn and some of that Christing ear mite medicine. Huh? What do you think he says to me? You're effing right, Annie, coming right the F up. Do you think that when they put me on the stand in Denver and accused... <laughs> there. Look what you made me do. Look, Annie, I'm sorry you didn't like the book. It wasn't what I wanted. Well, I I'm sorry about that. Misery's what I like. Misery. Not some foul little spit, Carthy. Ah! <laughs> I have such a temper. I'm sorry. Oh, you should be. You don't use those words in the misery books because because they weren't even invented then. Animal times breed animal words, I suppose. But you ought to stick to your misery stories, Paul. I say that sincerely as your number one fan. All right. Now, I blacked out all the swear words with a pen for you. Thanks. I may go back to it later. Don't do that if it makes you angry. I I sort of depend on you, you know. Uh, you sure do. Is the, is the telephone working yet? It's not, Paul, no. And I'd rather you didn't keep quizzing me about it. I'm not the phone company, Paul. Uh, Annie. What? Um, I have a pack of cigarettes in my bag. I know you do, Paul. They're cancer sticks. Yeah, so they say. I, I wonder... If I could have them? No. 
I don't want your death on my conscience. And you still so ill. Smokers. You're not mad at me, are you, Annie? I suppose you want your cock-a-duty medication now. Oh, yes, please. I never realized how much they were dulling the pain. I have them. But first I have to clean up the mess on the floor. The mess you made. I wonder if I could have my tablets now. And this wrench. Well, the soap will leave a dull spot. Please, Annie, for pain. I'm dying. You are not dying. You made me wait nearly eight hours. I'm going to scream in a minute. And scream! But remember, it's nobody's fault but your own. Three novel. Here. Three instead of your usual two. Thank you. Wait. Wash him down with this. What? Dirty water from the bucket? I know you can dry swallow them, but please believe me when I say I can make them come right back up again. This is unreal. Come on. It's only rinse water. It won't hurt you. I'll put it in the glass. Here. There's no way I'm going to drink that. What do you think? I am some kind of naughty child. You must be joking. I assure you, I am not joking, Paul. But it's got floating bits. It's Gray, scummy... It's water. Take the pills and drink it. Oh. All of it. Now. Oh. Oh, God. I wouldn't throw them up, Paul. No more until tomorrow. You won't make me mad again, will you? No. I love you, Paul.
door. That's why I've been so long. I opened it just to read the first page, and before I knew what had happened, I'd lost myself, and I was on page 50, and I realized you'd probably be screaming out for your pills. Yeah, I, I could do with them, sure. What have you been reading? Oh, misery's Child, of course, stupid. Oh. They got the paperback today. Oh, right. Oh, it, it seems so long since I wrote it. I always think of the hardbacks. Yeah, well, not everybody can afford fancy hardbacks, Mr. Man. Well, do you like it? Oh, Paul, I love it. It's as good as all the rest. Better. The best. It more than makes up for that other book. Thanks. I knew Misery would marry Rory. And I'm sure Baron Heitzig will forgive her, even though they were engaged. Does he forgive her? No, don't tell. I want to find out for myself. I'm making it last. I shan't sleep till I finish it. Uh, here, your tablet. I brought you chips and candy and extra pills because I'm not going to do anything else till I've read this to the end. That's great. Uh, uh, did you make that call for me in town? I didn't get a chance. I'm sorry, but it's not every day you get the new Paul Sheldon. Oh, now which is your favorite? Out of all the ones you've written, huh? I don't really have favorites, to be perfectly honest. Oh, I love them all, of course, but if... If I had to pick one, oh, it's so hard. The one I read the most, it's got to be Misery Wronged, where she was kidnapped by that awful black John Weston. And, and the most exciting is probably Misery in France, where Rory rescued her at the very last minute from the guillotine of the mad Count Leroux. Oh, but the scariest one is definitely misery and love. When she gets thrown in the horrible Bedlam Hospital by her mad sister, Gwendolyn Chastain. Oh! Ugh. Well, you really are a fan. You see, I was a nurse, so I know how terrible those places can be. You are wonderful, Paul. You're just wonderful. Oh, I could just hug this book to death. <laughs> what kind of nurse were you? Uh, oh, all kinds. I worked in an old people's home for a few years, but that was very annoying. And and then it was all that Denver business. What was that, Annie? Oh, tell me what happens, Paul. I, uh, I just got to the bit where misery gets trapped by the gypsy fortune teller who's not really a gypsy fortune teller. Uh -huh. Is it Gwendolyn? <laughs> I'm sure it's that oogie woman. Is it? Go on, is it? My lips are sealed. <sighs> Paul, can I ask you a personal question? Oh, go right ahead. Where do you get all your ideas from? <laughs> What's so funny? It's just, that's the question everyone always asks writers. Where do you get your ideas well, if it's so dumb you get asked it all the time, then I expect you have a pretty special answer. I didn't mean it like that. No, go right ahead, Paul. I'm all ears. Where do you get all your ideas from? I don't know. They, they just... Where do you get your ideas from? Nowhere. Oh, I could just hug this book to death. I could. Oh, I, I won't sleep tonight, Paul. I won't sleep a wink till I finish this. 
reading one of your books is like being in love. <laughs> no, it's better. Yeah. I'm going to sit right out here in the hall and finish it. Great. <sighs> Misery awoke from a storm of sleep caught in memory. Suddenly sensing that time was her friend no longer, but a demonic force, its claws dragging her towards an unknowable future. <coughs> he turned to face a dawn could not warn him for the sun had set forever. Turned the face of dawn that could not warn him for the sun that set forever. For the sun set forever? No! No! What, what? What, Annie? Uh, Annie, what is it? Are you all right? You, you, you dirty bird. What's wrong? What, what have I done? She can't be dead. Misery Chastain cannot be dead. Annie, Annie, please. Oh, dirty bird. Oh, you dirty birdie. How could you? She died giving birth. That often happened in those days. It... It was a noble sacrifice. She gave her own life for her baby. And Misery's spirit will never die. I don't want her spirit. I want her. You killed her. You murdered her. Annie, she, she slipped away. That's all. It was like life. When someone just... People in stories don't just slip away. You're in charge. You're God. You make everything happen. Oh, boy, you must think I was born yesterday. I was a nurse. I know how people die. I had dozens of people dying in my own arms. I... I... Annie? Annie? I better go now. I don't think I'd better be around you for a while. Go? Where? The place I know. I stay here. I'll do something unwise. Goodbye, Paul. Will you be will you be back to give me my medication?
Danny. I'm going to scream out loud if I don't get my Navro. I know you're there, so you can come out and stop playing games. Help me! Please, someone, help me! Oh, you're in trouble. You're in deep. But sooner or later, somebody's going to come around here. The right ones are someone. There must be trouble. Come <laughs> She's probably had a car crash. I'm going to die here of hunger or thirst. Or just pain. Somewhere's that'll be seven to five on Navarro, boy. Annie! Are you there? You could at least have given me my fix, you bitch. I need water and food and my Navro. I need them, Annie. I need them. I don't want to die. Well, Paul, you always wondered what it would be like to drink your own piss. Water. I have a cool, fresh glass of water for you. No, I'm not a mirage. <laughs> water. A little at a time or you'll vomit. Sorry. There. Thank you. Oh, the capsules. The pain, please. Annie, please, for God's sake, the pain is so bad. Well, I know it is, but I have to get away and think. And I prayed. I said, dear God, Paul Sheldon may be dead when I get back. But God said, no, I have spared him so you can show him the way he must go. <laughs> so, that's what's going to happen. Annie? Annie? Please? It hurts so much. I will give you medication. You'll stay on this side of the room for now. First, you have a little job to do. Annie, don't torment me. Treat me like a human being. I'm in terrible pain. I know, my dear. I know. Look what I got for you. A barbecue? <laughs> Something very special under here. Ta-da! <laughs> Do you know what we're barbecuing today, Paul? No. No, Annie. That's my manuscript. No. Fast cause is the best thing I've ever done. I beg to differ. Burn it. Go on. <laughs> Burn it. You think I haven't bothered to make a copy? Oh, I don't think so. You know how much I get for writing a book, Annie? Hmm? 
You think that's the only copy? Yes, Paul, I think that's the only copy. Please. Oh, it's disgusting. That aside, it's also no good. But you're good, Paul. All you need is help. Here, take the matches. For God's sake. Oh, use all the profanity you want. I've heard it all before. No, I won't do it. No. When you burn it, then I'll give you the capsules. All the pain will vanish, and I'll change your bedding. I see you wet. It must oh, be uncomfortable. God. And by then, you'll probably be hungry. I am hungry. I I'm starving. I'll give you some soup. Some thick, buttery toast. But until you burn that book, Paul, I can do nothing. I hate you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what a child says. He says, Mommy, I hate you. You're mean. The mother feels bad, but she knows she's right and she does her duty. Because I'm doing mine. <laughs> well? Paul? No. No. Well, <laughs> you are a stubborn little boy. I'll drop by tomorrow. See if you've changed your mind. Wait. All right. All right. Burn it then. Oh, no. No, I can't do it, much as I'd like to spare you the agony. Why not? Because you must do it of your own free will. Why are you making me do this? I'm not making you do anything. It's your own free will. Give me that. Good boy. Let's just put that to the pile of paper. Good boy. Goodness. Oh, boy. And now you can have your towel. In the morning? I know it's early, but it's Christmas oh. and I just couldn't wait. Oh, this is so exciting. Paul, look. Oh, what's this? Paul to Annie with special love from Paul. What? I knew you couldn't really get me anything, but that doesn't matter. We'll pretend. So what have you got me? Well, uh... Well, it's a surprise. Uh -huh. I just hope you like it. <gasps> Why, Paul, it's a new smoker for my bees. Oh. You must have known the old one was coming to pieces. You are thoughtful. <sighs> a present deserves a present in return. This is your big present. I put it under the tree last night when you were asleep. There. A wheelchair. To Paul, festive greetings and love from Anne. We need you mobile now you're getting better, don't we? Yeah, sure. What for, particularly? So you can sit up at the table, dummy. Now what else is there? 
Let's look under the bed. Oh, my. What could this be? Certainly heavy enough. Have you guessed? Do you know what it is? To the greatest writer in the world, from his number one fan. That's me. Open it. Okay. A typewriter. Uh-huh. That's a royal god. It's a real antique. I know it's secondhand, but it's good secondhand. No, but I didn't mean anything. Hey, a good typewriter lasts forever. You know, it fits great. I got it a pen to paper. Oh, isn't that a stupid name for a store? Nancy Dartmonger, who runs it, wanted $45, but she gave me five off because of the missing N. See? <laughs> no N. It's missing one of its teeth. What does that matter? I told her N was an important letter. It's one of the letters in my favorite writer's name. It's two of the letters in my favorite nurse's name. <laughs> <laughs> you fooler. Annie, I've heard the TV up in your bedroom. Has there been anything on the local news about my disappearance? I mean, it seems so strange all these weeks, and no one's come looking for me. They haven't, have they? Maybe another phone call? Paul, I'm getting really sick and tired of this. I rang your agent's office and I left this number, and if she doesn't want to call you back, then that's not my problem, is it? I guess not. <sighs> Thank you. Boy, we haven't finished with your presence. <laughs> I got you some writing paper. Oh, <laughs> now I spoiled the surprise. Never mind. <laughs> Open it. I'll set everything up, and we'll have a regular little writer's den. Well? Well? Great. What will I write, do you think? Oh, but, Paul, I don't think. I know. You're going to write a new novel. Your best novel. Misery's Return. Yeah. It'll be my reward for nursing you back to health, and you can start today. But, Annie... It's Christmas Day. Do you know how much I've spent on your Christmas? Look, misery is dead. I'm sorry. but Even is... when I was mad at you, I knew she wasn't really dead. You couldn't really kill her. Because you're good. In fact, we're going to find out just how good you are, Mr. Man. We'll set up your new typewriter at the table and no, we'll... I, I, I don't know if I can even sit in that wheelchair. Well, let's see, shall we? Well, I don't know. I'm pretty heavy. Oh, don't be a baby. You think this is the first time I put a man in a wheelchair? Yeah. Yes, I know it hurts. Well, how do I so when it'll hurt a little less and a little less? Good as new, almost. Now you've got your mobility. I know you won't abuse my trust. No, of course not. Annie... Will you promise me one thing? Of course. If I write this story for you... Novel! A great big one like the others. Maybe even bigger. And I'm going to buy Misery's Return myself. A hardback. Okay. If I write this novel for you... Will you let me go when it's done? You talk like I'm keeping you prisoner. Hmm. 
guess that by the time you finish, you should be up to the strain of meeting people again. Is that what you wanted to hear? That's what I wanted to hear. Well, honestly, I knew writers were supposed to have big egos, but I didn't realize how ungrateful they were. Now, there's lots of candy in your stocking, but don't fill up, because in a couple hours I'll be in with the biggest turkey dinner you ever saw. Annie, in two hours it'll be eight o'clock in the morning. You'll be hungry when you smell it, and you have to be strong to work. I'll go out now so you can put your thinking cap on. <laughs> so exciting, don't you think so? A Annie, I'm afraid I can't start today. Oh? This paper's no good. But it's the most expensive. Nancy said so in pen to paper. Didn't your mother ever tell you that the most expensive isn't always the best? No, she did not. What, what she told me, Mr. Smart Guy, is that when you buy cheap, you get cheap. Getting mad won't change the paper. You're, you're trying to trick me because you don't want to write my book. I knew you would, old. Boy. If you give me a pencil, I'll show you what the problem is. There! Watch. I take the pencil and draw a line across the paper. Now, look what happens when I rub it with my thumb. See how it smudges? Typewriter ink will do just the same thing. I'm always hunting back to find a name or a date. Just the shift of the pages will blur everything. It's one of the first things you learn in this business. Don't call it that. What? A business. Your talent is a gift from God. Sorry. I'll get your cock-a-doodle paper. Just tell me what to get. We want it to look good for the publisher. I told you. I'm binding it myself. Annie, I'm on your side. Don't make me laugh. No one's been on my side since my mother died. Annie, if I write on this paper... You don't have to talk anymore. What kind? Ask for a ream of long grain mimeo. Hamimal bond is good, or triad modern. It'll cost less. Yeah, I'll uh, go right now. Uh, no, you, you don't have to do that. This is fine to start with. After all, I have to rewrite anyway. Oh, no, Paul. Only an idiot would start good work with a bad tool. But it's Christmas. The store will be closed. Nancy lives above the store. I'll get her to open up, especially for you. I'm sure she won't mind a bit, even if she's in the middle of cooking her Christmas dinner for all her family, because nothing is too much trouble for you, Paul. Nothing. I'm not even going to take time to put you back to bed and give you your pills. I'll take the rest of this pack with me. Annie, really, I can start... If, if I know can... I look slow and stupid, but I am not stupid, Paul, and I am certainly not slow. Watch! <laughs> Sit there and scream if you want to. Nobody can hear you. You want me to whack those legs again? No. Nobody stops here because they all know Annie Wilkes is crazy. They think I got away with it, and they're right. Think about that, Paul. While I'm in town getting your cock a duty paper. And if your turkey's black as tar, you'll still eat every piece, even if I have to shove it down your throat. Spoiled Christmas.
Oh, weak as a kitten. Come on. You're one phone call away from getting out of here. Got it. Oh, 
be the right paper. You're dripping with sweat. What have you been doing? Hmm? Answer me. What have you been doing? I, uh, I'm in pain, as you well know. Oh, has it been very bad? I tried to get back in bed, but I, I, I couldn't. This chair, is, it really hurts. Oh. Can I have my pills now? Paul, why are you holding your hands like that? Mm. Well, I asked you a question. I, I want my urine. I held it all the time you were gone, Annie. But I can't hold any longer. And I don't want to wet myself again. Oh, you poor dear. Annie's put you through a lot, hasn't she? Too much. Oh, mean old Annie. I'll get it right away. And your pills. Gonna have to sit on the pills. <laughs> Only place you won't look. Come on. Here. Long will. Thank you. Urine bottle. Thank you. Well, that's great. I'm good here. Do you need help? I can do it. Really, I can. Go on, then. We don't want any accidents, do we? Right. Return. Chapter One. Rebirth. Rory Carmichael burst into the huge kitchen of his manor house, hurling a brace of pheasants onto the ancient kitchen table. He could hear the strains of Chopin from the great hall beyond, and suddenly, the moisture running down his masculine cheeks was not rainwater, but tears. Misery's labor had been long and brutal. But as Rory now strode manfully towards the great hall, he gave silent thanks for the healthy cry of his son upstairs, and he smiled to himself as he heard the comforting lullaby sung by Annabel Wilkes, surely the best children's nurse in the whole of Scotland. Oh, you! Misery arose from behind the grand piano and breathlessly rushed into his arms, her chestnut hair cascading in gorgeous profusion. He simply couldn't bear to contemplate what life would have been like if he had arrived with the doctor even five minutes later on that terrible night, or if the experimental blood transfusion had not worked. Stop! But, Paul! What's wrong? I think you know what's wrong. Don't you like it? It's, it's a cheat! Oh, it's, it's beautiful, Paul, but it's still a dirty cheat. Why? Rory rode for the doctor at the end of Misery's Child. That bit's right, but mm. 
The doctor never came because Rory's horse tripped on that rotten Mr. Gregor's tall gate, and Rory broke his ribs and lay there all night in the rain, so the doctor never came, you see? No, I don't see. It's misery, just like you asked me for. Oh, boy, you must think I'm awful stupid. I, I don't, I don't. That isn't what happened. The doctor never came. Uh, are, are you too stupid to remember? He didn't get back in time. Do you understand? Yes. Do you understand that? Yes, Annie, yes. Then you better fix it. And you better fix it by tomorrow night because I had enough of all your excuses. Have you really gone, you bitch? yourself a bad habit. Only not today. Let's wait until you can get an opening chapter your number one critic actually likes. You thought fast cars was good, Paul? It was cock-a-doody. Okay. Okay. Misery's Return by Paul Sheldon. Misery's Return by Paul Sheldon. Chapter One Voices from the Grave. Charlotte Evelyn Hyde had been pronounced dead of a heart attack, although the girl was only 18. Four days after she was buried, the village prostitute, Miss Roydman, had staggered drunkenly through the graveyard and tripped over something. She shrieked like a banshee when she realized it was a hand, the torn fingers thrusting up hideously through the earth of a fresh grave. Poor Charlotte had clearly awoken to find herself buried alive. She tried to dig herself out. Rory jerked the horses to a halt outside the gates of the graveyard. He rushed to Misery's tombstone, threw himself onto the ground, and forced his ear against the earth. For what seemed like an eternity, he remained motionless, listening. And then suddenly, he heard the sound of weak hands clawing at wood deep below, and he let out a single breathless sob. Misery, misery, I'm here. Hold on, my darling. Well, is it fair? Oh, yeah. Yes, it's fair. It's wonderful. I have to know what happens next. I I want a new chapter every night. Like that girl had to make up a new story each night for a thousand million nights. Why, Sherazade? And I can help, too. I'll fill in all the missing ends. I won't peek. I'll do it with my eyes squidged half shut. Read it again, Paul. Well, I'm, uh, I'm pretty tired now, if that's all right. I, I've been working all day and half of last night. Of course. I'll leave you alone. Oh, Paul, I'm so excited. <laughs> Maybe it was a bee. 
that made it look like she was dead. She could have been stung by a bee, but everyone thought she died in childbirth. One person in 12 is allergic to bee venom, and sometimes they cause a comatose. A bee could have been wiped out. Other woman, Charlotte, was buried alive as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two unrelated women in the same village are both buried alive within months because of bee stings. Well, you're the writer. Nice of you to say so. Just forget I said anything. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They could be related. Huh? Yes. It would work if they were related. Charlotte is really Misery's sister. Half-sister. That would work better. And the bees affected both of them because they're both related. Did I help? Did I? Maybe... They got the same hair or something. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Cooking. I'll have a really special chapter for you tonight. Here. Annie? You alright? No. Well, I, I've almost finished. I'm just rewriting the last bit. Would you like your story early today? Mm. Sit down on, on, on the bed. Go on. Mm. You remember how we left things last night? Mm. Yes, you do. Rory and Misery boarded the Lorelei, the schooner, uh, for the trip to Africa. Uh, we're worried. Less than a hundred miles inland from the northern tip of the Barbary coast lived the Borkas, Africa's most feared native tribe, known as the Bee People. Rory found a guide who would take them to Borka country. A giant local man called Hezekiah, who flashed seven gold teeth every time he smiled. He took... Annie, I, I'm not finished. He told fabulous tales of a huge woman's face carved in stone, jutting out from the side of a crumbling cliff. Behind the idol was a honeycomb of caves where a hive of giant albino bees lived. Annie, you're hurting yourself. Annie, you're very sick. I really think you should go into town and see a doctor. Come on, please don't stand in the corner. I, I want to read you the rest I of... I found it. It was still struggling. Now it's a piece, I guess. I come into the cellar when it rains. Poor thing. What? 
be a rat. That's why you put the trap down, isn't it? I suppose you think of escape. We can't, but we could both go together. What? I'm going into the shed to get my shotgun now, and I'm going to come back and put it in your mouth and pull the trigger, and then I'll turn it on myself. Maybe the next world's better than this one. Annie, you want to know how the story turns out, don't you? That's the only thing in the whole world I still want. I have this place I go when I feel like this in the hills. Remember Br'er Rabbit telling Br'er Fox about his laughing place? It has a wooden sign above the door which says, Annie's Laughing Place. I made it. Sometimes I do laugh when I go there, but mostly I just scream. in bed. You went quiet and must have dropped off. Did I ever tell you what lovely eyes you have? 
But I suppose other women have. Women who are prettier than me and bolder in their affections. Oh, still, got to swab your arm here. I was dreaming about Africa. Annie, what are you doing? What's in the syringe? There. Mm. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Boy, whatever this stuff is. Oh, it's great. <laughs> oh, it makes that mouth roll look like... <laughs> this is crystal top. This is... This is walking on the clouds in a freaking Rolls Royce. This is... <laughs> what do you want first, Paul? The good news or the bad news? Oh, good news first. Guess you don't like the book much. Too bad I tried. I love the book, Paul. Oh, you know that. You love the book? So you can't be going to kill me. So there can't be any bad news. Oh, boy, am I stupid. The good news is that your car is gone. The storms must have washed it into the river. That's the good news. It means you can really stay and finish my book. But do you want to stay? Huh? That's the question I have to ask myself. But much as I want to pull the wool over my eyes, I know the answer to that one. Oh, you do? When I was 11, Paul, my whole family were killed in a fire. Yeah, all except me. Do you have any idea what that feels like? Well, I guess not. You guess not. Yeah, I've had more tragedy than one person can bear. They put me with a horrible, mean family. It's not very Christian to say so, but I was glad when my stepfather died of food poisoning. When I was studying for my nursing exam, my roommate had what they call a, a freak fall. <laughs> that was certainly the right word to describe her. Freak. She only fell one flight, but it was a stone floor. Yeah, I called the hospital. Wow, look at the moonlight. I got jobs in geriatric wards, St. Joseph's, Riverview, and other places. You have no idea how how foul old people can be, Paul. A lot of them died. An awful lot. I'm sorry I'm drifting off. I preferred being a maternity nurse, and I was very good. Very good, Paul, whatever they say. But there were more incidents, and, and then would you believe it, they put me on trial for one of the babies who died? The police said I'd always been on duty when the deaths occurred. But what does that prove? You tell me, huh? What does that prove? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Also, I don't believe babies have souls. Anyway, I was found innocent. Well... That's good. That's good. Everyone I ever loved dies, Paul. It's as simple as that. And you know what kept me going? All the time I was sitting in that holding cell in Denver. Misery! Hey! Yeah, I read your books again. All of them, cover to cover. If it hadn't been for you, I think I would have taken my own life, Paul. So when I found you in the snow... No, it wasn't a coincidence at all. Mm. It was a real miracle. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> now, you remember when I went into town because your writing paper wasn't good enough, remember? That was when you went out for the first time, wasn't it? And don't try and tell me you haven't been out because 
All the hairs are broken. What, hairs? Yeah, you can use cotton, but I use hairs from my head. If they're broken, you know someone's been snooping. Not, not that I was surprised. I knew you'd been out. I've known for a long, long time. That's some bad news. Oh. You wanted your pills. I should have known you'd do anything to get them, but when I get mad, I get, you know, oogie. I checked the closet and I thought some had gone, but I, I wasn't sure. How many times you been out in all? Twice. Paul, please tell the truth. That's all. Two times, just to get water. And... Pills. Oh, and you didn't try the telephone either time, I suppose, or look at the locks? Let me tell you, Paul, I've stretched strands of hair all over this house, and they've all been snapped. In the hallway, in my bedroom, upstairs, in the shed outside. How could I get upstairs? Looking for the carving knife? I checked under the mattress while you were asleep. Before I gave you your pre-op anesthetic, I expected to find capsules. The knife was a complete shock. I almost slipped myself in two. But you didn't put it there, did you? <laughs> what, what do you mean, anesthetic? Paul, have you ever read about the early days in the Kimberley mines, the diamond mines? Sometimes the workers stole diamonds, poked them up their rectums. Do you know what the British did to them if they got caught? Well, killed them, I guess. Oh, no! That's like junking an expensive car just because of a broken spring. They made sure they'd never run away again. The operation was called hobbling, Paul. And that's what I'm going to do to you. Why? No. No, Annie. Annie, please. I can't suit you. There'll be no time. And a tourniquet's no good. There's no central pressure point. Yeah, I've got to cauterize. Annie, 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 I'll stay right here. I, I won't ever get out of there again. Please, oh, please don't. It's just a little pain. And this nasty business will be behind us. Please, please. No, please. Don't, Annie. I, I swear to you, I'll be good. I'll be good. Please, give me a chance. I'll be good. I swear to God. Oh, Annie, please. I'll be good. Please let me be good, Annie. Annie, put the axe down. Don't be a crybaby like the others. Annie, please, please don't hurt me. Still, I must do this properly. Oh, no. Honeycomb from Mama's bees. Yeah. Mmm, tasty, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
You're doing well, Paul. In fact, you're doing remarkably well. Perhaps you should come to Annie's house every year to write. Stumps itching worse than ever today. Maybe that's a good sign. Okay, misery, misery, misery. Misery's Return will be available in a strictly limited edition of one, bound in the author's skin. Oh, damn it. Oh, T. T. No N, and now no T. T. My God, it's the second most common letter in the English language. I'm going to complain to the management. I am not just going to ask for a new typewriter. I'm going to demand one. I can't hear you working very hard. Everything hunky-dory in here? Hunky-dory it is, Annie. That's the way I like it, Paul. No, better not to ask, better not to provoke. Annie is not swayed by pleas or screams. She has the courage of her convictions. I'll finish anyway. Go on. Read what you got. I can't wait. <clears throat> Misery had been tied to a post in a clearing. Her slender arms and legs brutally spread-eagled and bound by jungle vines to two thick wooden stakes. She wore not a stitch of clothing. Yet Rory thought even the most prudish churchgoer could not have faulted her for indecency. Misery was far from naked. She was dressed in beads. You have to stop, Paul. You have... Misery seemed to be wearing some strange nun's habit which moved and undulated across the swell of her breasts and hips. Literally thousands of bees covered Misery in a thick and moving blanket. Oh. Hezekiah whispered, As long as the drums beat, the bees will sleep and she will live. Yes. But what if the drums stop? Rory asked. And just then, the drums did. Well, how does she escape? She has to escape. Maybe. Maybe not. I can't wait. Tell me the rest. <laughs> Tell me how it ends. Oh, I can't do that. You wouldn't respect me in the morning. You're making me very angry. You know that, don't you? You remember telling me what the little kid says to his mother? Mommy, you're mean. Isn't that what you're saying? Paul, you're mean. You know what I think? I think you're never going to finish. I think you're willfully slowing down so you won't ever finish. Annie, what do you want? I've written you a whole new chapter every single day. Short chapters. Yeah, I, I can't go any faster. Well, at least tell me if that boy Hezekiah knows where Misery's father is. Tell me that. You want me to write the book or fill in a questionnaire? Don't you take that sarcastic tone to me. Now you tell me what happens. I'm sorry, Annie, but I've really got to put my foot down this time. You were going to die after your operation. I did. I, you were barely breathing. I'll never get a medal for what I've done. The Lord knows I deserve one. I 
pulled you out of that wrecked car before you could freeze to death and splinted your broken legs and gave you medicine and, and took care of you and talked you into writing the best book you ever wrote. You also cut off my freaking foot. <laughs> Don't you talk like that to me. I want the end and I want it now. One more chapter. All right. One more chapter. Tomorrow, you'll find out everything. Oh, oh Paul. Oh, poor darling. This is where you belong, you know. Yes, it is. Everyone else has forgotten about you. Oh, sure, there were a few lines in the newspapers last year, and a silly young cop came round and asked me if I'd seen anything. Someone came round? Only right at the beginning. The police have more pressing things than a missing drunk driver. Yeah, your fancy New York agents got plenty of other writers, and there isn't anybody else, is there? <laughs> you don't have any friends. You're like me. I'm nothing like you. We're no good with other people. Speak for yourself. Paul, <laughs> I read the book jackets. Two marriages and two failures. You tried to write that great novel so everyone would admire you, and you failed that as well. Truth is, Paul, you fail at just about everything apart from misery. I've got your Don Perignon for when you finish, like you always have. It cost a fortune, but Chucky Yoder at the liquor store said it's the best champagne in the world. Well, old Chucky knows his champagne. And there were some cigarettes in my bag. Now, Paul, you know those things are no good for you. They give you cancer. Would you say cancer is something I have to worry about? We all know what happens when I type the end, don't we? I just want that one cigarette for the end. Be a sport. All right. But before the champagne, I'm not drinking a bottle of glorified soda in a room full of poison. Okay, put it on the table tonight so I can smoke it on my own. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a, a good end, isn't it? Paul? Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be hot stuff. I love you, Paul. You know that, don't you? Yes. Yeah. I love you. I, I, I don't feel real. I, I don't, I don't feel real. I, I don't feel real. I, I don't. You're not working. You know what I've just typed, Annie? All I know is you're not working, Mr. Man, and you promised me. <sighs> Pass me the bucket, Annie. I need an ashtray. I just typed two special words. The end? The end? Let me see. No peeking. Bucket, please. There. Oh, Paul. 
Oh, you get a whole row of gold stars. Boy! Now, wait till you see this. I've not only got your champagne, I've got you caviar. <laughs> wait here. For your story. I'm coming. Hang on a minute. Annie, false modesty aside, I I've got to say, this end's not good. It's much better than good. It's great. Champagne! Too bad you'll never read it. It's a little trick I learned from you. You can't burn misery. You can't. No. I'm gonna save it. In all the years, you were a nurse, abusing those poor patients of yours. Did no one ever tell you? You should never leave a patient anything he might use as a tourniquet, a ligature, or a noose. You... You cock-a-doody... this time, did you? I beat you, you bitch. Those were the notes I burned. I beat you. You got burned. This is my real book. This is my real book. This is my book. This is my book. The great God who shapes our lives really be cruel enough to let my wife die, perhaps. And if my misery be truly dead, as I have come to fear, I intend to return to the foredeck and throw myself over the rail. Look, Carmichael, your wife, your lady wife stirs, her eyelids flutter, she asks for you. She lives? 
She lives. Rory threw himself down the companionway and into the tiny cabin. Misery's eyes, that gorgeously delicate shade of cornflower blue, had fluttered open. For a moment, Rory saw only puzzlement in those eyes. And then recognition dawned in them. And then love. And he felt gladness roar through his soul. Thank you. Thank you, not just for this award for Misery's Return, but for everyone who sent cards and letters when I was in hospital. I've got the doctor's hospital in Queens to thank for uh, my prosthetic foot, and I am not addicted to painkillers, as some newspapers have been suggesting recently. Well, not much. <laughs> After the sales of Misery's Return, I never need to write again. And to be quite honest, I'm not sure I will. But if I do, well, I've got a wonderful non-fiction idea. by Stephen King, adapted for radio by Dirk Maggs from the stage adaptation by Simon Moore. Paul was played by Nicholas Farrell, and Annie by Miriam Margulies. The presenter was Rupert Degas. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Technical presentation was by Graham Harper, and the broadcast assistant was Tabitha Frankel. Music was composed and performed by David Chilton. It was directed for BBC World Service by Marion Nancaro. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.